the timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web, live from Glory Days Grill in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. From the Hampton 22 on first and 10, Udinski sets the throw. He's going for the end zone for Jacob Harris, who makes the catch, tight ropes the sideline. I like the ball placement by Udinski. He put it where either your guy's going to get it or nobody can get it. So he puts it right on that sideline. It's really close. I think they may take a look at it. Yeah, the officials have stopped play, and they will take a look at the replay. Jacob Harris did get a foot down in the far reaches of the end zone for his 28th career touchdown catch, and the Spiders are on the board. Jacob Harris, seven catches, 109 yards, and that touchdown, as if maybe you could tell if you were listening closely enough, that one took a lot of editing to get it into about 20 seconds because the original call was incomplete. So we, we edited that down from real time uh, to what was important about that play and getting that foot down in the end zone. Jacob, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. Appreciate having you here today. How are you? Yes, sir. Good. Thank you. Take us through that one and what you thought when you caught that ball, if you thought you were in, even though the initial indication from the officials was incomplete. Yeah, I'd originally thought I did catch it, but they called it out, and I knew it was close, so I didn't really want to you know, make a big fuss about it. But, you know, they reviewed it, and uh, it was a touchdown. So it was a great ball by Reese. Uh, as many of them are. Um, Russ, is that something you guys on the sidelines are imploring officials to do, or do they do that? pretty much on their own on a play like that one it's it's all on their own no question and uh you know he came back and said he was in and i remember billy kosh up here and says he always says he's in everyone <laughs> <laughs> don't believe him <laughs> sure enough he was in on See, that one you should have believed him but yeah. you know what that brings up a point like you receivers are so good at that your guys nfl guys doesn't matter in my opinion when in doubt call you in because i think more often than not you guys at the college level are getting one foot in the nfl guys are getting two feet in how do you get good at doing that i mean is there a way you actually practice tight roping the sideline like that yeah so our receivers coach he has a little saying he says football plays are nothing but an extension of football drills and um Hmm. that's something we work on and you know sideline catches tap tight rope we different terms for it but um just practicing and uh, knowing where your body is and having a feel of where you are on the field and um, just becoming better at it every day. Um, is that something that kind of continually got better for you from the time you were at VMI to the time you are at Richmond? Is some of that just, just natural instinct to know where you are on the field? Um, I think it's a combination of both, just uh, just naturally being able to know where you are, where you're running your route. But um, it definitely takes time, and I think everything takes work. And um, we put a lot of work in, you know, at VMI. But, you know, obviously here, Coach October has done a great job with us and preparing us for game situations like that. What's he been like as your uh, as your quarterback coach? Uh, the longtime Spider fans who are here today remember him playing for Richmond as a defensive back and a, a really good one, defensive back and, and kick returner. Yeah, I've – I've never seen a coach like him. I've never been around a coach like him. He's just, the way he interacts with us, you would think he's just another player sometimes, but um, he's done a great <laughs> job. We res- we respect him so much, and uh, I think he's done a great job of having us all buy in from top to bottom and, you know, not letting people get discouraged maybe if they're not playing or 
just talking to us about lifestyle things, not even about football. And um, I just think he's doing a great job, and I'm happy that he's here with us. Russ, when you hear a, a player talk about his position coach like that, uh, that's got to make you feel pretty good. And I know you've been trying to bring Winston back into the web a couple of times over now before you got him this time. Yeah, I think he's doing a great job. Um, our group of receivers this year compared to last year is night and day. Um, they're 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 making plays. Uh, they're blocking. They know their assignments. There's very few men layers, and you know, and that's and you know because that's a sign of a good coach is when your guys go out there and they they you know as soon as it's called. You know, I can't remember all the times last year where people were looking over and coaches are screaming, get on the ball, get off the ball, or you got this, or you got that. I never see that with our offense. I mean, they just kind of – they know where to line up, they get lined up, and then they can go execute. Mm -hmm. Jake, how much have you helped the receivers? We talk with Reese a lot since he got here, summertime, camp, all of that, that he knows the offense. He knows Billy Kosh's offense. He's helping guys learn the offense. But you know it, too. You you played there at VMI um, – what kind of assistance do you give, particularly the guys in your wide receiver room? Yeah, I think it's sort of the same thing. You know, just I have been in this offense for a very long time and kind of know the ins and outs of it. And just whenever guys have questions and just maybe being able to explain it as a player rather than maybe a coach, mm -hmm. they might have just different terms or a different understanding of it. But, you know, just being there when I can and, you know, helping the younger guys or just helping whoever really and just trying to get better each day. And as uh, Coach mentioned, and you, you mentioned it as well, it's a really deep wide receiver room. Um, maybe speak a little bit to that chemistry, but also it is crowded in there, and there's only one football, and there's only so many wide receivers you can put on the field at one time. Yeah, so there's another quote that Coach October goes by. He goes, uh, one, one shine, we shine. And, um, you know, when one person is doing great, it's a, it's a product of, you know, other people running the right route and, you know, everybody just working with each other in order to, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to win. And, um, you know, stats are great if you're an individual type of guy, but I don't think we have any of those type of players in our room. And, uh, you know, if Leroy catches 10 balls one game, Josiah could catch 10 balls the next game. And um, I think it's just top to bottom. I think everybody's worked very hard, and um, I'm very proud of everybody. Do you guys have to memorize all these sayings and quotes from coach october i mean is there is there a test or something you're you're kind of regurgitating them out here pretty flawlessly no yeah I'm, he just <laughs> the way he it's kind of crazy he has so many stories for you know so many different situations for us and just very good just sayings like that that just stick in our head and um they're they're very motivational and um just like one shine we shine it's just a team game and we just want to win Coach, do uh, Winston's quotes kind of carry over to the rest of the team? Is he sharing these with everybody else? Are they up on the marker board in the locker room? Just what? Uh, no, that's first I heard those. Um, <laughs> so, no, but, you know, Winston is not – he's – little active on Twitter and he, he really yeah. he, he does some good things on Twitter and, and really um, you know positive and everything he talks about and positive about the spiders um, you know he's he, he, he's so bought into the University of Richmond he's been bought in for a long time mm -hmm. obviously but you know this year he's really helped us win games for sure Jake how has that been bought in for you obviously uh, coming from VMI coming to Richmond we talked about it in the summertime obvious culture change for you um, how has that whole adaptive process gone for you uh, it's been good um, coming from VMI my first couple of years we were 
pretty bad, to be honest with you. And just going from that and trying to build a culture where you win, you have to buy in. And I think I've always been a person that's just bought in and I just want to win. And, you know, coming here, obviously the lifestyle is a little bit different. You know, it's a lot <laughs> less stress on the body maybe and um, the mental part of things. But, um, you know, I've really enjoyed it. I think everybody here, uh, I feel like I've been on the team all four years. I, I think the team is very close and I think that's what you need when you're trying to build a championship team. Is just a lot of love and everybody playing for each other. Hey, this is uh, obviously behind the web and the Richmond coaches show. But from that VMI perspective, to have the losing seasons that you did, how did that whole kind of transformation happen there? Because there are plenty of you who were VMI Kedets then who are Richmond Spiders now. I think it was just leaking out the the kids who really didn't want to just have it you know I think um as we got a little bit older I think more people started to buy in a little bit and not saying those guys when I was first there didn't want to buy in but I think it's just a culture change you know I think when people want to win you know that those people want to win and you want to be around them more and start working more and just getting better and try anything you can to provide to help the team win and um I think that's what we did and I th think I'm seeing that here too yeah it's just that was going to be the follow-up there is that do you see some of that transformation here not that we've had those bads we haven't um but that there is something about this group coach talks about it all the time your teammates have talked about it that there's just an it kind of chemistry about this group yeah most definitely if you just if you could see us out there on the field we're just a bunch of kids having fun at this point um we put a lot of work in during the week and um you know, everybody's out there just looking at each other and I got your back, you got my back type of thing. And I think we're doing a very good job, but, you know, we have to get better each week. There's a lot of things we can improve on. Russ, you talk about that a lot, but how much of that has to come from the players themselves? I mean, from Jacob Harris or Reese Yudinski or Tristan Wheeler or whomever, that they need to hear their own own voices to, to establish that bond, that chemistry. It all has to come from them. Every bit of it has to come from them. And they have to love each other. And, you know, obviously, coaches, we need to build trust with our players. And uh, we need to let them know we care about them. But the bottom line is they're in the locker room together. And that's the most important thing. You know, leadership, leadership from our football team, um, the love that they have for each other. That's all that all happens in the locker room. I, I don't think it happens in a position meeting or, uh, you know, those types of things. So. Uh, I think our guys really, I mean, generally like each other and, you know, want to do well for each other. Hey, you know, we had uh, your, your roommate on a few weeks ago, Reese Yudinski, and he sheepishly, that was before you caught your first touchdown pass, and he sheepishly brought that up. He said, you know, life in the, in the place, uh, in the kitchen isn't real good right now because, because Jake's kind of wondering when I'm going to throw him a ball in the end zone. So was there a little, little friction going between you guys? I'm obviously tongue-in-cheek here, but he did mention he hadn't gotten you a touchdown pass. No, nah, yeah, there's, there's no hard feelings <laughs> at all. I think, you know, me and Reese have done plenty of great things yeah. in the past, so, I mean – Whoever he, whoever's open, if he can get the ball in the end zone, I don't even care. I could go the rest of the year without scoring again, and I'd be fine. Well, we want you to score again before the end of the year, just, yeah. just, just for the record. <laughs> is there a lot of football talk in your in your place, uh, or do you kind of get away from it, or how do you guys? Is it just two of you at the, at this point? I don't mean to pry. Oh uh, no, it's but... it's me, Reese, uh, Leroy Henley, and James Navely. Oh okay. Is there a lot of football talk there? Or do you kind of get away from the football stuff at all? Uh, yeah, we watch a lot of football. I mean. I think just being football players, we always somehow end up talking about football, like a play at practice or just something that happened. But there's always football talk. But we do we do do a good job of, you know, just kind of relaxing and when we need to and um, just clearing our heads. You know, life isn't 
football 24-7, and uh, you have to be able to realize that and uh, give yourself a break when you need it. But I think we do a good job of that. Hey, we, we, uh, we've had Leroy on before, not this year, though, um, and he kind of flies a little bit under the radar. He's having a really good year, but, you know, you've gotten a lot of attention. Josiah gets a lot of attention. Reese gets a lot of attention. Um, kind of give us a little bit of the makeup of Leroy Henley and how he's feeling about the year he's having. Yeah, um, honestly, I don't, I don't know exactly how he's feeling about everything, but if, if I were to guess, he would say he would be up here saying the same things mm-hmm. I'm saying. Um, he's a very good team player. Uh, I see him work really hard, even just from when I first got here and before I met him. Uh, I, I kind of figured he'd be a very hard worker, and uh, he might be the hardest worker on the team, and um, that's just in my opinion. But he does a very good job, and uh, – I think he's he's going to have a very good breakout game, one of these games. Um, Russ, you've talked about that before, about the improvement that he made this fall, summer, to get to where he is now. And the common denominator between both of those guys is their transfers. And I know you have to eye that market very carefully to make sure these guys – Obviously, you're talented, but kind of fit into this culture thing that we're talking about. Yes? Yeah, I mean, Leroy came in. He fit in really well right off the bat. Obviously, Jake and Reese have, have fit in, and Nick DiGennaro mm-hmm. um, have all fit in well. Um, the bottom line is they're good people. Um, you know, they're humble. They're, they're team-oriented people, all of them. And, you know, that makes a big difference. And, and then you tack on it, they're pretty good players. You know, that helps, but uh, we've been fortunate. Um, you know, I, I talked about Reese and, and you know, when Reese said, I don't need to, I, I don't need an official, but you don't need to do that, all that stuff for you. Same way with Jake's like, I mean, you, you don't have to do that. Go, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And, you know, these kids nowadays, these high school kids, it's, you know, I, I got to put the bling on. I got to put the uniform on. I got to get in the locker room. I got, you got to tell me how much you love me. And, and, and these guys just came in and were really humble and, Coach, I'm, I'm coming to play football, and uh, don't worry about all this stuff. Save your money, you know, for something else. Huh. And um, great, great young men. If that had been you as a high school senior, how would you have handled that, Jake, as opposed to being a kind of a mature college guy who's been through this already? Yeah, I think, you know, you have to feel for the high school kids. You know, it's a very exciting time for them. But even since high school, I, you know, I didn't really care for all that. I think that's just kind of been my mentality mm-hmm. my whole life. So that doesn't surprise us at all from, from knowing you for sure. Uh, halfway through, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, both these guys have their lunches. We'll let them gobble a little bit down for two or three minutes here. And we'll do another segment with Jacob Harris, spider wide receiver behind the web. We're live at Glory Days Grill on the home of the spiders. 1061 ESPN. Let's get back to the show. Behind the Web, live from Glory Days in the Glen Eagle Shopping Center. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Third and four, Richmond at the Elon 19. Dykes to the right of Udinsky. There's the shotgun snap. He pumps, he sets, he throws over the middle. Jacob Harris, his first Richmond Spider touchdown, comes in overtime from 19 yards out from Reese Udinsky. All right, there was that first touchdown pass that Reese threw to uh, to Jake. Uh, obviously, he's got, uh, what I say, 27, 28 career touchdowns. But that was the first as a Richmond Spider. Came in a key moment in that game. Obviously, didn't end the way we wanted it to. Jake, but what do you remember uh, about that one? So we had we had originally had another play called, I think, and we, had no, we knew they were going to be in man, I think, from that set. And then I think a timeout was called. I'm not really sure what happened. And then we came off the field and – 
the knowing the man look, we had a great play call, and um, you know I just won my route and uh, caught the ball. That was a huge, huge game for you. I remember one catch on a 50-50 ball down the sideline where you're able to use your height and your athleticism to, to grab it. As a wide receiver, do you kind of get into a little bit of groove when you're having that kind of day? I mean, I always say, is it like a, a baseball hitter who gets hot or a, a jump shooter in basketball that gets hot? How does a receiver kind of feel when things are going your way? Yeah, you just kind of lock in, and especially a game like that where plays are needed to be made, I feel like I'm at my best in those type of situations. And um, just hearing the play call, you know, not getting too high about things, not getting too low if you make a mistake. And um, But even from that game, I think there's a lot of, a lot of things I could have done much better and uh, maybe even had a bigger day. But, you know, you learn from it and uh, move on. Bigger days are, are coming. Hey, now that you've been, you know, through some of the CAA battles, um, and I don't really want to ask you to do it in this term, but you played in the Southern Conference for quite a while. Is it different kind of football? I mean, we all talk about the CAA being this great conference and the best in FCS football. Are you noticing differences in opponents or just the style of play? Anything along those lines between the CAA and SOCON? Um, I said this before, you know, I'd, I'd like to get everybody their credit. Um, I think if you're stepping out there, I give you credit, and I think you could play with anybody. But um, I, th I definitely think the CAA um, – just a little bit, you know, bigger people, um, just faster in a sense, but um, not too much different, but just, just, just a little bit. Russ, I know the one thing, you know, you had talked about from your days in the SOCON compared to the CAA is top to bottom in the CAA. Uh, it doesn't really matter who you're playing on a Saturday. I know that's a cliche, but it's kind of, you know, living out right before our eyes this season, whether it's Hampton or Albany or Stony Brook or Richmond or Delaware or William & Mary, it's a competitive game pretty much every Saturday and maybe not quite as much in the SoCon. That one's, that well, one's not on Mitchell, by yeah, the way. That, one, right. that one's on you there. Um, <laughs> probably, and again, I think in the CAA, you know, you, it's every week is is tough and, and, and I think from top to bottom it's a really, really good league. Um, you know, I, I think I said this before when I when we had Chattanooga you know, I could look at three and say we got those three. You know, and you could now you now you plan around everybody else. But you know, there were a lot of times I could look at three and say we're going to get those. Here, you know, you go down the schedule and and they're all going to be tough. And it's just how you play and how you match up in the league and and what happens throughout the league. But you can see that you know Albany almost beats Villanova, and uh, I mean, and in Hampton beats all. I mean, it's just it's nuts week in and week out. Is that kind of the fun part of this now, Jacob? I mean, obviously, put ourselves in a position to be there. I'm not looking ahead, but obviously, these are exciting games right now for a team that's getting better week in and week out. Yeah, obviously, we you know we have a big uh, four stretch games coming up here, and um, but you can really just focus on the next one. But you know, you I can't say I haven't thought about Delaware and William and Mary and stuff like that. But I mean, just this week, Maine coach said it you just got to go one and oh and um next week it's the same goal and the week after that and i'm um, just trying to improve and get better and learn from the last one how much better is this offense getting is it kind of humming the way you you do remember it the way reese runs it we've talked with offensive linemen a lot this year and how far they've come from like week one when they were gasping for breath to where they are now and having a good time watching the defensive linemen gasping for breath and they're they're trained for this tempo yeah, um, obviously we've made some great improvements since week one. I think uh, we were trying to, you know, just get under our feet a little bit and um, just 
get our connections and um, just learn everything inside and out like we should. And uh, I think everybody has a little bit of a better understanding of the offense and what they have to do to, uh, you know, help everybody else out. Let's get a little bit of a off-the-field better understanding of Jacob Harris before we let you go and, and finish those wings. And by the way, there is a backstory to the wings here at Glory Days, right? Every, every week that our player guest has ordered wings has been a win, right? You were told that? Mm-hmm. So I hope you like wings. Yeah, I do. Okay, good. I do. Good. So we're, we're going to keep that going this week. So that's the uh, Glory Days um, uh, goal, the karma from, from Glory Days is, is the wings. Give us a little bit about the, the Jacob Harris uh, uh, background. Uh, we mention all the time you're from Easton, <clears throat> Pennsylvania, but there's really more Jersey in you than Easton, PA, right? Yeah, my whole family's from Jersey. I was born in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Um, I moved to Pennsylvania when I was one. Um, I have two older brothers. I have two nephews. I have a godson. Um, I'm just off the field. I, I think I'm just a really, I'm a family guy, you know. I love my friends. I love hanging out with my friends. Just even if we're not doing nothing, I just like being around people that I enjoy spending time with. Um, I got a miniature American Eskimo dog at home. Oh, nice. Looks like a little, like, white husky. Uh, nice. He's, like, my best friend. I love that dog so much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, both my parents, my dad, Joe, my mom, Rhonda, love him to death. They've done so much for me, and I'm just happy to be in the spot that I'm at right now. Uh, so you grew up in Easton, which is kind of in that nebulous area in Pennsylvania. You could be a Philly guy, a Pittsburgh guy, a New York guy. Where where do you fall in that? Knowing the answer to this question already, where do you fall in that, Jake? <laughs> yeah, so it's actually right on the border of Jersey, and our rival high school is actually Phillipsburg High School in Jersey, so it's like a little cross battle over the Delaware type of thing, but... You know, I like to I like to say I'm from Easton. You know, a lot of people don't know what it is, but you know, I I'm proud to be from there and grow up there and I made a lot of good memories there. So, I like I like to claim Easton. But you claim the Giants yes, as sir. your favorite NFL team, right? Yes, sir. Is that I do. is that a family thing? How did that happen? Uh it's mostly a family thing. My oldest brother, he's a Jets fan, but um I think them just being from Jersey, it's just that's just how it worked out and that's just how it worked out for me. How surprised are you that they are? The Giants. Well, both of them, right? The Giants are 6-1, and one, and the Jets, I think, are 5-2, and two, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, I, I don't know what happened, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just a shift in culture, and um, I think they're doing a great job. Uh, Russ, you were mentioning there's, there's a connection between you and uh, the Giants' first-year head coach, Brian Dable, huh? Yeah, Dabes was uh, – Volunteer assistant, worked with me, kind of helped in the secondary uh, at William & Mary a while back. And uh, he uh, – obviously, he, he left there and, and GA'd at uh, Michigan State with Nick Saban, and then his career kind of took off pretty good. Um, so, I, I'm rooting for the Giants this year. I'm rooting for the Bills this year with uh, McDermott. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know – those guys, you know, obviously Coach Coach McDermott and I are really close, and I, I coached him for four or five years, so it's fun. It's you know, I don't get to watch any of the games, so I don't I don't watch them play until you know we're done in the playoffs and those types of things. So, um, but it's fun to see him do well. And uh, Mike Tomlin, of course, who was a player at William and Mary. Now, now of course, very successful with the Steelers. There's quite a pipeline uh, there. Dan, Dan Quinn was Dan the other Quinn, one, right? Yeah. Yep, that was that was another one um, for sure. So it's like the dream maybe to play for the Giants someday there, Jake? Or 
Yeah, I mean, that would be cool, but, you know, whatever team gives me the opportunity, yeah. I'll be very happy. For sure. We would be happy as well. But let's not rush it, right? we got a lot more football to go with you uh, wearing that spider on your helmet before, before those days come about. Jake, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Enjoy the wings, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the plane tomorrow and up there at uh, Maine for the game on Saturday. I appreciate it. Thank you. Jacob Harris, everyone, our spider guest on Behind the Web this afternoon. we got one more segment to go with Coach Usman. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. If you've got email or text questions or comments, now's the time to get them to me, and we'll get them on the air. If you're in the house and got questions, bring them up to us, scribble them on a napkin or whatever you need to do, and we'll answer those for you as well. Behind the Web at Richmond.edu is the email. 804-327-0888 is the text line. Back with our final segment of today's Behind the Web after this on 106.1 ESPN.